0: We are trailblazers. We are scientists.
1: We are diplomats. We are warriors.
0: We are protectors. We are healers. We are pioneers.
2: We are explorers.
0: We are family. And we are the crew of the USS Arabella, boldly going, where
1: no one has gone before. Hi and welcome to the Ready Room, the Treks and Sci-Fi Microcast. I'm Moyer777, otherwise known as Rick, and I play the Bullion Counselor on the Arabella. I also play Jadan the bartender.
0: And this is Kenny. I go by Star Trek Fanatic 5 on the forums and I play Captain Nathan Quinn. I also play Nicholas Took. Assistant Chief Engineer. On today's podcast, we will have RPG Protocol, the story so far with some readings,
2: and our final thoughts. Diagnostic complete. Initiating RPG Protocol.
0: Okay, for today's RPG Protocol, we are going to discuss joint posts. Joint posts are really cool, Kenny. Yes, they are. And actually, we've been doing quite a few of them the past. I see this whole season, at least two-thirds of the posts have been joint posts.
1: You know what the joint posts remind me of? What? When you you were a kid, did you ever go to camp or go out camping when you would do that story around the campfire where one person starts and the next person goes and so on and so forth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it reminds me of because what we do, and for those of you that haven't maybe done a joint post, this is kind of what we do. We do, we private message and that's uh, PM is what we call that. And so if you hear our, our lingo we're like, hey, PM me, that doesn't mean uh, <laughs> pull your mouth or something like that. It, it just simply means um, that we're private messaging one another. And what we do is we start off the story, maybe if somebody has an idea for a joint post, they say, kind of like my character to do this with you. Uh, would you like to write for that? And they say, "Sure, I'd love to do that." So I'll start, and then they send you like a three or four, maybe maybe two paragraphs or something like that, and then they leave your part blank so you can respond to the character, and then you write back and forth. Now it gets a little tricky when you have like five or six people doing joint posts. When one or two is not—I mean, well, obviously one's not hard, but <laughs> when you have two, <laughs> when you have two, I love it's, doing it's joint, joint posts. One. Yeah, joint post of one, me myself and I. That'd be three. But no, anyway, you get past three or four, and it starts to get a little confusing. But it is kind of fun. And then what you do is you uh, PM each other back and forth until finally you craft it to the where it really looks like you want it. Yeah. And and then everybody says, okay, let's go, and then it gets posted. And it's it's quite a neat process because it, it reminds me, like I say, of sitting around the campfire and. Just kind of, and then he said, yeah. you know, And then you actually get to flesh that in, which
0: yeah. is really cool. Yeah, I know uh, so, several people also for joint posts. What they'll do is they'll actually write, you know, pretty much a conversation between two characters, and then they'll send it to the other character and say, "What do you think?" Right, I've had that. Because yeah, and then, this, then you could tre- maybe they're not sure of. Yeah, the, so you like could yeah, so you can tweak it, and sometimes, you know, the other person's idea, you're like, "Oh, that's great! I never would have thought my character would have gone that way." Right um, So yeah So that's another way Of joint It's not just You know I'm A lot of the joint posts Are like Like uh, Rick said You send a, a sentence Or a question You send it to them They answer it And then they ask right. you, And you go back and forth And you build this great post uh, yes. but, but many times You can just Fill You know Do a whole scene together With a character Or several characters And then right. PM it to those people And say What do you think You know Tweak it here Tweak it there Because I know With Jen and I We do that a lot You know she, I'll speak for Severil, and she'll speak for Quinn, and then we'll send them to each other. And I say, "Well," and sometimes, sometimes you disagree, and you can change. Your oh yeah, definitely. And yeah, then yeah. it really flushes the character out. Yeah. It's really neat. Yeah, it's a, it's a great process. It's a lot of fun, and for people who can't post all the time, like I know with my personal life, I've been super busy with work, and I can't right. post all to, all the time as much as I really should as captain right. of the ship. And I know Jen has been picking up the slack for me. So yeah. which. Thank you, Jen. By the oh, way, Jen, we miss you. Yes, yeah, so will be, be back next week. Not that That's we won't good. you know, we, we love having Rick here, but yeah, Jen, well, Jen will be back next week. But uh, I go
1: through I go through those times too, Kenny, when like with my work schedule. I, I work I have heavy work days like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are real heavy days for me mm-hmm. and then Sunday of course, is real heavy for me. So I, I do the same thing. I, I I like it when somebody will write me into something and I can kinda tweak with it a little bit. And, yeah. And it's, it just really works well. It's like everybody kind of scratching each other's back. you know, yeah. It just works well. So yeah. Joint posts are good.
0: They are good, and we suggest everyone do them. So um, I guess that's going to be it for – that was a quick RPG protocol. Yeah.
2: Accessing library computer data. Initiating the story so far. Enter when ready.
0: Okay, for the story so far, where are we at, Rick? Well, let's
1: see. If we pick up from what we talked about last week, all of the crews now have boarded their shuttlecraft, and they're headed towards the planet. Yes. In fact, if you look at the story, one of the teams actually landed on the planet, but, <laughs> spoiler alert, spoiler alert, <laughs> one of our groups had to go back because Why? Uh, there was an incident with the captain. Kenny, shame on you. Something happened. Of course, it's not your
0: fault. Is it not my fault? Yes. Oh. We really don't know what happened yet. We're going to find out. But we yes, we to ruin that. We will find out, but it hasn't been divulged yet in the story of why Quinn reacted the way he did to that planet. So as soon as that shovel with Quinn on it entered uh, the atmosphere... He started, you know, because he's a strong telepath. He started mm-hmm. picking up the thoughts of everybody, and there's millions of people on this planet, so which is normal for a telepath. Yes, but, but normally if you're as a telepath, you learn to filter other people's thoughts out, right? It as we stay learned, sane. On,
1: yeah, as we learned on the Next Generation's episode Tin Man. Yes, remember that when? Good, uh, yeah. what was his name? I can't remember what his name? Oh, was I don't remember
0: his name. name, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. so he he had a problem. Stopping all those voices. Yes, he did. Yeah, so it was constant. So um, so the, unfortunately, that's what Quinn, he was working on filtering out those voices, but for some reason he was unable to. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, millions of voices were screaming in his head, which, as you, am, as you imagine, would be painful. Yes. Um,
1: so so Mar- Margot notices that, and then and then, well, they that just have to read the art.
0: Well, they're going to hear part of the post, too. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, let's, I'm trying to find the teams, the posts with the teams. Who's oh, on
1: yeah. what? Team. With, with, who's on what yeah. team? And by the way, I, I wondered if everybody enjoyed the, the song last week, um, it was, Alteration. But, it was
0: really, really good. It was a great, it was a great song, Rick. And You whipped that up so quickly, guys. I mean, we were talking about it as we were recording. You made the me podcast. laugh
1: about it. 'Cause we, we were talking we were talking last week on when
0: we were recording the show and then He just um, we're like, Oh yeah, the alteration He's like, Oh yeah, alteration. alteration I'm gonna write that song. I'm like, You're kidding me And he's like, Yeah, I'll just do it. I'll whip it up and we'll put it in the podcast and well, next I thing on I my know walk,
2: Yeah I went on hours my walk
0: and
1: that day. I went on my walk after that and I started thinking of all these lines and I started laughing. So some friends were over. And uh, I said, hey, you guys have to help me with the beginning of this. And then I I made one of the guys sing the background vocals with me just so we could make it sound thicker, you know. And It was really fun. So it was fun. Yeah, it was just – Did you find the teams yet? Not
0: yet. I'm looking. Uh, He's he's looking.
1: looking. I looked the other night for the teams because I didn't want to – I wanted to make sure I didn't write somebody on my runabout that wasn't really there. (laughs) And I was like, "Uh uh-oh, he's on the other ship.
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm starting to I'm – tr- I'm trying to get all the these characters straight in my mind because we do have such an active RPG. There's so many people posting that you don't want to mess up and, and forget somebody or use somebody and think that they were somebody else. And that's you – know you got to be careful.
0: Yeah. All right. So here are the teams uh, that we currently have. We have on the runabout Courage of Tiberius, which, by the way, I love the name. It's a little tribute. That is cool. Previous Starship that we had. We have Dr. Peterson, Lieutenant DeColin, Counselor Margon, Lieutenant Witko, Ensign Dunn, Ensign Tav'awash, and Captain Quinn. And then, of Would course, you, we have Chief Corridon is uh, our pilot.
1: Right. Yes. So that's our ship.
0: Woo-hoo. That's our ship, yeah. Ooh, we, we have the you best
1: forgot, ship. You forgot Ensign Spray and Wash. He's also really... Spray really and Wash. Thing. Just in case we stain our clothing, <laughs> we just call him over and yeah it. very Sorry. fun <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right on shadow facts we have lieutenant commander karoth lieutenant commander katan ensign spring ensign visual ensign talon bowers and servril and their runabout pilot is chief rena very cool yeah so those are the teams that are currently in route, and as Rick has said, um, Shadowfax actually landed on the planet, but uh, the courage of the Tiberius had to turn around, and they headed back to the Arabella to get medical help for Quinn.
1: That's right. But, I'm I'm really I'm really hoping that as Jen has been doing such a great job doing the dist- different characters of uh, the portraits of the different characters, if she does visual, then we'll get a visual on visual. Which I'm really looking forward to. Oh, sorry. I just, I'm yeah. glad
0: you're looking forward to that. I'm like, I don't even know who this person is, but okay. <laughs> Trying to read think? these. I just thought that was cool. Visual. Visual. Yeah, who is visual? visual. I want yeah. his visual. It's, I'm visual. It's, it's an NPC, I guess. Yeah, i I'd never heard of him before. I claim I, I know all the characters, but I don't know this character. I didn't know that one, so and that's NPC okay, though. Visual. All right. Yeah. Anyways, Quinn. Uh, of course, the mission has to continue. So Quinn is actually feeling better now when he got out of the atmosphere of yeah. that planet. Uh, obviously, the voices went away, and he was able to uh, regain control. But of course, Dar-
1: it's it's never a good sign when you hear voices in your head.
0: No, That's unless true. of
1: course you're a telepath. But then, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, but not but. millions of voices. That's right, millions of voices. This That's is what telepath. we call. What do they call that? Uh, never mind. Go ahead. All right. Uh, So Quinn is on the ship. Dr. Dret is fussing over him. Even though he's fine, she still wants to check him out. And uh, we put Eric James. He's our second in command. So he took Quinn's spot, and he's jumping aboard the Courage of Tiberius runabout, and they're going to head back down to the planet.
1: And from what I understand from the writing, it sounds like he looks pretty cool looking. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's going to fit in well with the folks on the planet and – And nobody recognized them unless they, they, but they knew who was getting on the ship. So yeah, yeah, that was a cool post.
0: I like that was cool. All right, so uh, why don't we start with some readings now? All right, which one are we going to do first? Let's take a look. For our first reading, we're going to do a joint post by Jen, JustX, and Wraith seventeen oh one. Serville stepped into the cockpit of the Shadowfax as the engines came to life beneath her feet. Instantly, she felt the pulse of the runabout pounding rhythmically through the deck plates. Through the viewport, she could see the courage of Tiberius, and her thoughts were drawn to its namesake. The late Akira-class vessel and a third of her crew were lost. But their spirits lived on through the Arabella and those who served aboard her. The captain's runabout was a prime example of their dedication to honor the sacrificed ship. Her heart skipped in her side, and she forced back the smile that threatened to betray her stoic jade. Commander Savril took a seat next to Chief Rena
1: as the pilot finalized her pre-flight operations. Without standard sensors, it might get a little bumpy, but the Aurora is already in the atmosphere finding us landing sites and approach vectors, said Rena as her fingers danced over the console and engaged the neural link of the ship. She had logged thousands of man hours in flight and on simulators for runabout class vessels. With the addition of the neural link it would be far less difficult a thin metal interface extended from the headrest of the chair and covered part of her forehead with a thought the engines of the shuttle lifted the craft off
0: the deck the two runabouts rose slowly and paused hovering three meters above the pristine mirror smooth floor plating as the drifting craft rotated in place to face the sealed shuttle bay doors,
1: the energetic deck gang withdrew to the outskirts of the bay. The warning claxon echoed through the cavernous room with two short but blaring bursts of sound, alerting the crew to the impending opening of the shuttle bay doors. The massive doors slowly parted and the light panels of the titanic doorframe pulsed to life with a steady neon blue glow. A shorthand signal to the crewmen that the atmospheric force field was now active.
0: Like a pair of dolphins cast in steel and ceramic composite, the runabouts drifted casually towards the doorway, their twin shadows passing lazily over the deck crew below. The crewmen craned their necks to gaze up at the ships as they approached the invisible barrier separating the warmth of the shuttle bay from the cold, life-stealing vacuum of space. As the ships swam slowly forward, an almost imperceptible ripple in the air around them marked their passage through the force field and their escape into the freedom of the void. Liberated from the artificial gravity of the Arabella,
1: the two ships swam out from the starship, then reeled about with a seemingly effortless casual grace, a testimony to the skill of the pilots guiding them. As the distant shuttle bay doors slowly closed, the runabouts altered their heading, gradually picking up speed as they made their way to the planet rotating slowly below.
0: The following post is from Iceman. Mayela finished her shift in sickbay and went to the observation deck. She looked out the window just in time to see the back end of the runabouts head toward the planet's surface. She placed her hand on the window pane and whispered quietly to herself, Dear God, please watch over
1: and keep my beloved Casey safe and bring him back home to me.
0: Myella stared at the stars for a few more moments, then headed back to deck two to her quarters.
1: She decided to send a communique to her parents. As she spoke, the words appeared on the computer terminal. She told her parents about the people that she had worked with and about Casey going on an away mission and how she worried about him. She was careful not to reveal any details about her husband's mission and went on to say how she enjoyed her life on the Arabella.
0: Maya finished her communique and felt better that she was able to vent, but knew it would be several weeks before she would get a reply. She decided she would go to the Afterburner for dinner, as it would take her mind off her husband for a little while.
1: Lieutenant Peterson opened the door to the Afterburner, and her senses were rewarded with a cornucopia of smells which were both pleasant and unknown at the same time.
0: She took a seat at the window and watched its people entered and left the Afterburner. She marveled at how diverse the crew of the Arabella was. There were species from every quadrant and planet that were members of the Federation.
1: Mayela's thoughts drifted back to her husband and wondered how he was doing. At that moment, a waiter came and interrupted her thoughts by asking her what she would like to order.
0: She thought for a moment and decided to try the Rogelian chocolate mousse that her husband had often raved about. A few moments later, she was rewarded with a crystal glass that held a dark brown substance that looked like chocolate pudding her mother used to make. However, she was wrong. This
1: substance was heavenly. The rich, velvety texture melted so softly in her mouth and slid down the back of her throat. It was like eating a chocolate cloud with fluffy air pockets of white chocolate that burst into more intense flavors of chocolate of varying intensities and sweetness. Mayela had never tasted anything like this in her entire life and made a mental note to thank her husband for suggesting this delightful dessert to
0: her when he returned home from his away mission planet side. The dessert was finished and reordered again by Myella And by the time she finished her second helping, she was full and decided to head back to her quarters and go to bed as she had eaten far too much. But she was happy and content and drifted off to sleep easily. The next post is a joint post between Star Trek Phonetic 5, Wraith 1701, Hawkeye Meds, Moyer 777, and Omra. After leaving the shuttle bay of the Arabella, the runabout courage of the
1: Tiberius shot towards the southern hemisphere of the planet Taros. Within minutes, the image of the lower portion of the planet grew to dominate the upper half of the ship's forward viewport. At the pilot's seat, Chief Corridon glanced up at the spinning orb and smiled. Seated to his left, Captain Quinn found himself sharing the smile. Quinn couldn't help but sense the pride the Chief took in his piloting skills nor the joy he took in commanding such a fine-tuned, responsive craft. Cordon's hands danced deftly over the control interface, slowing the ship's approach. Moments later, the deck of the runabout seemed to sway gently as Cordon took the ship into a sharp bank, then expertly flipped the craft over to present its belly to the slowly spinning blue and green planet. Gazing out a nearby viewport, Anson Dunn looked on as up and down abruptly treaded places, and struggled to suppress an acute sense of disorientation and nausea. Looking on as his subordinate's blue complexion took on a greenish cast, Lieutenant DeCallan chuckled. <laughs> Not been on many away missions, eh, Dunn? DeCalan asked. Fighting to conceal his discomfort, Dunn managed a quiet nod of affirmation.
0: I assisted Lieutenant Commander Katan with the project on Vulcan before we joined the Arabella, But this is my first official away mission. DeCallan
1: himself, still feeling the nausea of travel, smiled at the ensign. Catan's report regarding the promotion of Dunn had been approved in DeCallan's mind, but this would be an ideal time for the captain to see how impressive Dunn could be, and so make their case easier. As the ship drew near the outer boundary of the planet's atmosphere, the hull began to gently vibrate. In an attempt to distract himself,
0: Dunn hurriedly added, Actually, I don't have a problem with the way mission, sir. It's the trip to the mission that's giving my stomach such a hard time.
1: DeCallum looked at the other members of the team and then back to Dunn. He leaned forward and tapped his stomach.
0: I'll let you in on a little secret, Ensign. You're not the only one. Next time you go on one of these things, visit the good doctor for a bit of help. Travel sickness gets to us all. Leaning back,
1: he closed his eyes for a few seconds. He opened one of them and looked at Dunn, who had copied him. As the ship descended further into the atmosphere, Quinn's mind made contact with the inhabitants. Millions of voices rushed into his head all at once. He took a deep breath and began the process of slowly filtering them out. Nathan had never processed the thoughts of these new beings and was having some trouble. He noticed Counselor Margon looking over at him.
0: Captain, are you all right? Nathan rubbed his temples. I don't know. It's also confusing. The thoughts are overwhelming. Perhaps we could give you an, an
1: hit. As the Counselor Margon was speaking, he was interrupted as Captain Quinn screamed out in pain and grabbed his head with both hands. He slumped over with his eyes squeezed tightly
0: shut. Why can't I stop the voices? The next one is from Wraith 1701. Far to the north, Commander Serville's team... Was tentatively exploring their immediate surroundings. Lieutenant Commander Catan made the short jump from the Shadowfax down to the clearing, reflexively scanning the area for any immediate threats. Ahead, Commander Savril appeared to be doing the same. Catan respected the Commander's field savvy and reigned in his instinct to shield her. He knew that the Commander was no novice when it came to away missions and that she could be counted on to exercise caution. The lieutenant commander glanced around. The landscape, while vaguely reminiscent of other M-class worlds, was like nothing he had ever seen before. Staring at a sea of blood-red grass surrounding them, he knew that there was no chance of him forgetting that this was truly an alien world. Detecting no immediate threat from the local flora and fauna, Katan approached the Vulcan First Officer. She turned and acknowledged him with a slightly raised eyebrow. Excuse me, Commander. Katon said, I have a proposal. Once we secure our local base
1: of operations, I recommend that we select a small scouting party. This party should gather as much information as possible about the nearest gathering of the terasic, their societal structure, social patterns, and customs. Once we have a firmer understanding of how we should conduct ourselves as terasics, We can attempt our infiltration of the nearest village. Hopefully, once we're able to insinuate ourselves into the society, we can pick up some clues about the whereabouts of our missing scientists and how much damage they may have caused. Katon tapped the stone-looking pendant hanging from his neck. The communicator badges that my team put together contain an integrated universal translator program. But we should feed as much data into them as possible before we try actually using them with a native. The scouting party should therefore also try and surreptitiously record as wide a sample of the local language as possible. Savril's
0: head tilted slightly as she raised an inquisitive eyebrow.
1: Go on, Mr. Katan. Yes, ma'am. He continued. I don't think it is wise to send a large group on our initial probe. The less people we send, the less likely we will be discovered before we are ready. I recommend the scouting team consists of myself and Ensign James.
0: Catan paused, is not sure how the commander would react to his next suggestion.
1: There is one other team member who is relatively inexperienced, but has some innate talents that may help us. If I understand correctly, Ensign Farmer has a prodigious sense of smell as well as the ability to produce pheromones that can affect the mood of other sentients. Her senses will help us to detect any approaching natives. And if we should be discovered, her pheromones may help to convince the natives that we are just part of the crowd. What do you think?
2: Command codes verified. Activating final thoughts.
0: Okay, for today's final thoughts, what do we have, Rick?
1: Well, I have a lot of thoughts going on in my head right now. (laughs) I don't think I've laughed so hard in my entire life. But, you know, I I saw something that you posted on the forums, on the com forums. Um, and I thought it was really interesting because it kind of went along with our RPG game. Oh, yeah. It, it was that cool post about them finding that tribe that has been untouched in, in the Amazon. Isn't that amazing? That was so cool. And they showed so pictures. Amazing. And they were, like, going to throw their spears at the plane and everything. But I noticed, very interestingly enough that they were colored like, like they had been they, they had painted themselves and they were all different colors and i thought oh that's really freaky that we would be having an away mission with a bunch of colored aliens going down to a planet that hasn't really been touched by uh the federation and i just got a kick out of that i thought
0: wow it that round. is very cool yeah yeah day. i thought the same thing when i saw them i'm like whoa they're different colors that's really bizarre
1: yeah. The, the the only one thing they did find those they they another flyby revealed a coke machine <laughs> on the one side of their hut. So
0: no, it did not. Coke is everywhere. I'm just, no. I'm just joking. I just oh, am like it. you're kidding. I'm like I read that story back and forth. <laughs> and they got coke. <laughs> 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 okay, you had. You had me there. I was like, was he serious? That was very funny. Uh, so, so anyway, I just thought that was really cool. That um, that was very cool. That See, we're signing the times here.
1: Yeah. So but anyway, I just, I've really been enjoying the post. I think everybody's doing a great job. It's really exciting to be finally down on the planet, and, and I think uh, we're going to have a great time now, and and we're going to find out why is the civilization – why? Why, oh, yeah. why? Are yeah, they having advancements in is, technology?
0: taken the longest for us to actually get into our bulk of a mission.
1: I know. Yeah, but normally we, we jump
0: right in, but this has been fun. We've been slowly building up to this point, and now we're actually on the planet and should get some cool stuff happening. I think so. I think it's going to be really, really great. Cool. The other thing I want to talk about is, of course, I want to solicit everybody for uh, comments, voicemail. Um, you guys can do readings. You can do songs like Rick. Um anything anything to do with the RPG, the podcast, the Ready Room, anything fun. Um, go ahead and send them our way. You can send them to www. – No, that's not right. It's not a website. Can't send them to a website. Oh, you you're gonna email them to myself at <laughs> the Ready Room Podcast at gmail.com. Dear myself.
1: Dear myself.
0: Yeah. The Ready Room Podcast at gmail.com please uh, do send, that send all your entries yeah because I mean you know you get tired of hearing us talk all day we like to play your guys as pieces that's
1: right the more the better or as yes. they say on TNG the higher the fewer I remember <laughs> that episode do you remember that episode That was I great. do remember that episode
0: of course that was
1: a great one Yes, that I'm was. sorry. It just came to my mind when I thought – well, really though, really send in your comments because we love to hear – and I know Jen and Ken, Ken – Jen and Ken. Hey, it's the Jen and Ken show. Jen and I, Kenny. I could go with Jenny and Kenny, but she wouldn't go with that. She wouldn't do that. Well, I, I just – I know you guys put a lot of work into this and you really bring us all up to speed and it's really good to hear comments on the stuff that you do, especially if they're constructive and, and uh, help you along because it does take a lot of time. Uh, you know, none of us get paid to do this, and, and so it's very, very cool when you get to hear some comments on it. And I just really encourage you, read some stuff, send it in, do whatever you need to do. I think that'd be cool.
0: So this is Kenny. And this is Rick. Haley, Frequency's closed.
2: The Ready Room theme and other RPG music was composed by Rick Moyer. Read more about the adventures of the USS Arabella at trexandsci-fi.com.